This is On The Left Side, your alternative football show. There's no way that England could possibly screw this up, given the competition. They start off the tournament against Tunisia, easy three points, right? Greetings, podsters. I'm Jim. Welcome to On The Left Side, your twice-weekly run through the wheat fields of football funny. I've heard about a honeymoon period when a club gets a new manager, but Everton managed to get a first date period too. As last week, the mere presence of a pre-appointment Big Sam Allardyce in the Goodison Park stands resulted in the Toffees resolutely thrashing West Ham 4-0, even before he took charge. Not that you should read too much into that. I mean, beating West Ham by a good few goals is almost as inevitable as a slightly racist Donald Trump tweet nowadays, isn't it? We need to build a wall. But Big Sam is settling into life in Liverpool well. Three points on the board against Huddersfield Town at the weekend and his arrival at Everton was announced with a lovely headline on BBC News. Everton announce enthused and energised Sam Allardyce as new manager. Which kind of sounds like they've marinated him in a vat of Red Bull before wrapping him in a suit and throwing him in front of the press pack, doesn't it? What I'd really like to know is what the conversations were like between the board and Sam Allardyce in those two weeks where he went from I'm not interested to I'm now enthused and energised by this potential job. I presume that a large amount of that enthusiasm is due to a few extra quid in his pay packet and a bending over by the board when it comes to personal terms that I reckon would include stuff like the signing of Wilfred Boney, Andy Carroll and Oliver Giroud in the January transfer window, chips and gravy to be available as a half-time snack, and all wages to be paid strictly cash in hand. The reaction of the fans to Allardyce's appointment has been mixed, however, but there was obviously going to be one man who was going to be absolutely delighted that a fellow proper football man was getting the gig, and that is Paul, I vote UKIP Merson. This is what he said on Sky Sports. Sam will definitely get them out of trouble, 100%. With Sam there, they're not in a relegation battle. You're looking at them to fly up the table, probably win the FA Cup, or at least get a run. And if you think that's hyperbole, then wait till you hear from former Big Sam striker Elhaz Juf, who added his praise when he said, If Sam goes there, they'll eventually reach the Champions League. But they won't, will they? because he is joining a club who are currently perilously close to the relegation zone and about as unbalanced as Jose Mourinho's view of that Paul Pogba red card this weekend. Also, he's Sam Allardyce and not Marvin the fucking magician. So can we all just calm down a bit, please, yeah? But there will be no calming down of Paul Merson, because it's not just homegrown talent Sam Allardyce that's got a gig back in the Premier League. It's also homegrown talent Alan Pardew, who's found gainful employment too, with West Brom. Pards has taken the big job with the baggies and has already set about the regular Pards routine of first galvanising the troops, having a half-decent impact before no doubt everything going tits up in about a year, usually just after he touts himself as a future England boss and getting the sack with a nice big payout on around the 18th month mark. You're fired. And repeat. So all in all, it's not looking that bad for English managers right now, especially considering English managers never get jobs in the Premier League, do they, Sam? Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, you are deemed as second class because it's your country today. The Premier League is a foreign league in England now. When you look across the owners, you look across the managers and the coaches, and you look across the players. Yeah, it's all the thought of those foreign owners. They don't give English managers a chance nowadays. 
It's a good job that Everton is run by the good old homegrown English boss. Oh, who is it again? Hang on, let me check my notes. Of uh, Iranian businessman Farad Moshiri. That must be somewhere in Bolton, I guess. Incidentally, with Sam and Pards now in their jobs, 10 of the last 16 appointments in the top flight have now been British managers. Which isn't that bad, is it? Especially when if you look at the last four of those, Allardyce, Moyes, Pardew and Hodgson, between them, they've lost around 600 Premier League games. A figure that might make West Ham fans feel a little bit better that they've only got 22 losses to go before the end of the season. In the league, at least. So I'd say right now, British managers are getting more than their fair crack of the whip. And on the topic of homegrown talent that's in way over its head, this week we got to find out which teams England will be losing disappointingly to at this summer's World Cup finals in Russia. If the accusations that it was Putin's dirty Russian rubles that saw the home nation draw Uruguay, Egypt and set up the human rights abuse derby against Saudi Arabia, then God knows what Gareth Southgate did to Diego Maradona to earn England's World Cup pairings of Belgium, Tunisia and Panama. Although the favourable draw by the ex-Argentinian striker did allow the congenial host for the evening, Mr Gary Lineker, to make a gag that I am 100% sure he'd had lined up for the last five days and was desperate to get out. He has picked out Croatia to play against his Argentina, but Diego has always been good with his hands. The general consensus is that it's going to be okay. England have to be able to creep out the group stages without another Iceland-esque embarrassment. Of course, we are forgetting that Panama has a population 12 times bigger than the team that knocked us out of the Euros. Shit. Oh! Oh! How about the big boss, though? How about the manager? What did Southgate make of this summer's opposition? We obviously now need to find out more about Tunisia and Panama. I know what you mean, mate. I didn't know it was a country either. I thought England were going to be playing a bunch of hats. He's hardly buzzing about the group, though, is he? I guess it's all about managing expectations. But come on, let's dream a bit. In an ideal world, what dizzying heights could England possibly reach this summer? So we've got to focus on getting out of the group. We don't have masses of caps and masses of tournament experience. Thanks for talking to us and just watch out because you've got your foot around a lead there. I don't want you tripping over. Wow, it's usually a minor footballing nation that trips up England in the World Cup, not a microphone cable. Maybe that's some kind of metaphor. Even if Southgate wasn't getting overly excited by the World Cup draw, at least we can rely on the TV companies to pipe us full of hyperbole about the best World Cup ever and get us all a bit overexcited and giddy about what will be the greatest footballing show on earth. Where's my remote control? Let's see what they're saying on ESPN at the moment. And here it is in all its glory. Craig, what was your first takeaway, your first feeling when you saw all these teams drawn together? Uh, I've seen more exciting matchups in previous World Cup draws, but it is what it is. All right. Maybe I just won't bother. So the journey begins. In just 27 weeks, the World Cup 2018 in Russia will kick off. Which means in just 29 weeks, England will be back on the plane and we can all forget about the whole thing for another four years. That's it. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's walk through the world of football funny. If you like what you heard, then please subscribe to the show via your podcasting app. And if you've got an Amazon Echo in one of them Black Friday deals, you can listen to On the Left Side as part of your flash briefings. Just 
search alternative football show in the skills store you should be able to find us if you can't or you have any problems tweet us at on the left side we'll get back to you and sort out your issues or just say hello i will see you in a few days until then bye bye on the left side is written and produced by ant mcginley and jim salverson for abrupt audio